it so recently I've gotten back onto dating apps even though for some reason I have no fucking interest in dating anyone at the moment <laughs> and the reason why I'm getting so many interactions is because one of my prompt things is is cereal soup and the amount of people that, that have interacted with my profile just to tell me that either soup is, cereal is soup, or what the fuck are you on about, you crazy bitch? <laughs> it's a question that needs to be answered, be absolutely. I mean, technically, some soups are chunky. So, would cereal be classed as a soup? You know, no one's given. I don't have the answer. Exactly, to that. no one's given me the definitive answer for it. So you know, I constantly live in a world where I do not know if cereal is soup. I guess we'll find out. Hopefully, then. I hope someone will tell me. But yeah, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the Horror Hunts podcast. My name is Your Always Forever V, and and my name is Meg. Um, I guess always and forever yeah. Meg too. I guess XOXO. <laughs> eternally yours Um, so this is our hopefully our first episode that we're going to pop out it will be yeah yeah (laughs) yes this has been a long time coming we've been talking about doing this for like a while and I'm excited that this is it like we're actually doing it yeah I mean we've done a couple of test runs we have a feel of what we're doing here. It may not be 100% perfect, but we're young. We're learning. It's, it's new to us. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah, we'll figure yeah. it out together. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we, we're at that generation that just tries and figures out things that probably won't work out. But, you know, it will work out. Put that positive energy out there. And if it's shitty, I'm sure we'll hear about it on social media. 100%. And you know what? I'm excited <laughs> to fight people online. I haven't done it since my oh. teen years. So, I'm ready. I'm ready. It's gonna... If you have a saucy tweet coming at us um, at Horror Hunts Pod on Twitter, if someone replies to you, it's probably going to be V. She is ready to fight. Like, Oh, I... She will come at I you. I will sign it off with dash V. So people know. I will. <laughs> I will take ownership. I'll just be. I'll just be scrolling, looking at it, probably like eating and just being like, oh, all yeah. right. And then cool. I'll probably get a text um, saying, <laughs> "V, you can't say that to people." <laughs> I'm like, but why not? V, we got it. We got to tone it down, babe. <laughs> but it's it's my culture. <laughs> I mean, I guess yeah. That that's crazy. Like we are from two different cultures like we are gonna have some some very different opinions on our podcast I'm sure because as the people that are listening probably know I'm an American maybe I guess maybe you would have gotten that from my accent and I'm from Australia <laughs> not so much. no I'm joking I'm not from Australia I was about to say get out of here. <laughs> I wish no I'm from England UK Great Britain you know typical geezer i'm not typical geezer i'm from a county called hampshire and it doesn't that doesn't sound posh to you i don't know what will (laughs) i don't know what posh means so i'm just here i'm along for the ride Um, hold up you don't know what posh means (laughs) i'm from kentucky well i i kind of know what posh means but like i guess not in your 
I don't know if it's in your terms, but posh means like bougie, right? In a way, like, yeah. Like you like, come, you're like, rich. You've got mm. a you've got a proper way of speaking to people. You pronunciate your a's and your p's and your e's. You know, like the queen. The queen's posh. Like your essence. Yeah. Okay. See, we're gonna be learning so much. <laughs> about each other and horror and and just life in general on this podcast i'm sure Mm -hmm. um no i'm from kentucky i don't know if you could get that from my accent if i have one if i don't i i don't know but um we're definitely not in a room together when we're recording this Um, as much as i would (laughs) love across the pond (laughs) yeah i can't just jump in a car or get a taxi no it would cost so much money (laughs) i was about to say take an uber (laughs) Uber to me. Uber helicopter. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll get there. Uh, hopefully. Fingers crossed. I mean, yeah, we will. We will. But it just might not be for a while because, you know, the world is still not in a great place. Um, things are going on. There could be World War Three, but <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I was about to say, we've known each other for, like, how long? Um, Well over a decade now, I believe. Yeah, God, uh, that makes me feel <laughs> a little old. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've known each other for a long time, and we <laughs> we've just started text messaging. <laughs> yeah. So well, baby steps. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've like just said we've been mutuals for over a decade. We first met on Tumblr, of course, where. Shout, Shout out, Tumblr. out Tumblr. What a downhill situation you've gone into. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, and you know we didn't become like really close friends right away. We've slowly built our friendship up, and it's pretty much over the last couple of years that we've become super super close and become best friends. And our our dumbasses only recently realized that we could actually i message each other because we both had iphones mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. <laughs> then we were just texting and meg's spouse just went to meg um have you two actually like skype slash video called you know you could do you know you could yeah. facetime each other and we were like oh shit didn't actually have a cross our minds <laughs> Yeah, absolutely blew my mind. I was like, I'm an actual idiot right now. Um, <laughs> no, but I have been knowing V on Tumblr like since I was in eighth grade, and we both were super in the bands when we were um, in our teens. So um, thank you, A Day to Remember, for this friendship. This is. Um, this podcast is brought to you by the Day to Remember <laughs> because without them we would not be sitting here right now. But yep. as we have evolved, we have learned that we also have a true passion for horror. Both of us are super into horror movies, and I've really enjoyed the past couple years. Like we will just text each other, like, "Hey, have you seen this?" And we'll be like, "Either yes or no," and then we'll get the other one into it. And it's just kind of evolved into this podcast, like. We're just going to be shooting the shit about our favorite horror topics, characters, movies, TV shows, video games, anything horror we're going to be talking about. Yeah, no matter what the media it comes in, even if the other person may not 
be fully into that media like Meg is not fully into video games and I'm not fully into books. I'll read occasionally but because I'm dyslexic the words don't make sense. <laughs> I don't know how I have the attention span to read novels but not play video games. Especially horror video games. It just kind of like scares me too much. I feel very in the storyline and I just get kind of overwhelmed. It's very immersive but we'll probably talk about it in like some episode in the future oh, absolutely. but it, some of the stories that are told through video game horrors oh my god are horrific but so 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 good so good i'm excited to get into that um yeah i'm super excited Me for that too. and if you can already tell this is a episode about what got us into horror what our current like fave horror movies are and yeah a bit about us maybe some jokes maybe some stories who knows i might be in a silly goofy mood today <laughs> yeah i mean i can't think of a better way to start our podcast than just by talking about what we really loved and what we love now just to kind of give everybody a taste of what what we're into and, and what this pod's going to be about. Um, I mean, I know that we definitely have very different horror influences. I grew up watching horror. My family got me into horror pretty young. Um, my entire family is really into it. So um, I know that that's not necessarily the case for you. Like, you didn't really grow up watching scary stuff, No, right? so um, I was a typical kid that was scared of everything. Like, I had to sleep with my <laughs> lights on. Um, I couldn't do anything because I was so terrified of the world. So I didn't watch horror. Well, I didn't think I was watching horror, but... I have always been into the sci-fi genre. Like, I love sci-fi movies, that sort of thing. And it was only mm -hmm. till, like, probably maybe a few years ago that I realised that a lot of, like, um, sci-fi movies that I watched growing up actually have horror influences in it. So, Frankenstein, Aliens... Um, one of my personal favourites, Attack um, Attack the Block, even though they're sci-fi, they've they've got horror in them. So it was it was madness to me when I actually did start getting into horror that I was like, oh shit, maybe I have been into horror this whole time, but not like outright like bleh, horror scary sort of thing, <laughs> <laughs> you know. You were into a subgenre without even realizing yeah. that you were truly into yeah. horror. Yeah, I've always been into television and mm. movies, so there's probably loads more things that I have watched that have had horror subgenres in it without me even realizing. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. I'm not really big into sci-fi, to be 100% honest with you. It's probably one of my least favorite horror subgenres but I love Frankenstein don't get me wrong he is probably my favorite universal monster but yeah sci-fi isn't really 
my jam. So I am excited for you to like kind of take me on that journey as we go through this. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that like the first thing that got me into horror is probably like a totally generic answer, but Scooby-Doo. Yes. Like Scooby-Doo opened my eyes and heart to like everything spooky. I feel like it's kind of like a gateway drug for horror fans. (laughs) Definitely. I mean, for me, it was partly Scooby-Doo, but over here in the UK, um, there was this show called Grizzly Tales for Gruesome Kids. And it was kind of like an anthology series in a way. And it would do like cautionary tales for like kids if like you were really gruesome this is what would happen to you and it had like i would say horror elements to it um i'm i'm sure uk listeners around my age who watch cbbc growing up would understand what i'm talking about but it was it was i feel like for the american equivalent it was probably um tales from the crypt but for the younger okay. generation. I got yeah. you. Okay. I yeah, I've never heard of that before. It's it's That's a classic it's a classic kids British show that was on in the two thousands. I don't think they do it anymore, which is really sad, but it it definitely mm. showed me this like kid friendly side to horror. But then when I yeah. got glimpses of things that adults watched in horror, it made me not want to sleep at night. <laughs> oh, no. And that's the thing. is like, I think that Scooby-Doo has been on since, like, the 60s. Like, 69 or something. And it's still going on today. Like, that just shows you how vastly popular that is over here. So, like, it wasn't really popular over there because, like, everyone knows Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it was, it was popular over here. Um, it, we have, we've got loads of different, like, kids' channels going on. So we have Cartoon Network, um, Nickelodeon, Boomerang, mm-hmm. which I think on Boomerang is where Scooby-Doo was shown. Um, a lot of the yes. Hanna-Barbera stuff was shown on there. So, I mean, I did watch Scooby-Doo growing up. Um, I probably watched it as much as I watched Grim Tales of Billy and Mandy. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> honestly, I think my next tattoo will be Grim. Because, oh, my God. Perfect. A, J- a Jamaican Grim Reaper. Who, who doesn't love that? <laughs> who doesn't love that? I mean, it's perfection. I think I would totally get a Scooby-Doo tattoo because, like I said, it started my horror journey. So did you watch the shows or did you watch the movies too? I watched the shows and the movies. My favourite Scooby-Doo movie is Zombie Island. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Thank God. I was about to be like, if it was anything else, I would give you a pass for (laughs) Witch's Ghost. But if it was anything other than Zombie Island, I was about to be like, get out of here. Get out of Mate, out of all the Scooby-Doo movies I watched growing up, I just, I just, I just latched on to Zombie Island for some reason. Yes. Also, the little, like, 
gay moment between Velma and Daphne was just like maybe mm. maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> I think that that was like one of the only um movies from Scooby-Doo that I can think of that it wasn't like sorry if you can hear my dog literally clawing under the bed like she is a demon um (laughs) but I think that Zombie Island was one of the only ones I can remember where it wasn't like they pulled off a mask and it was somebody there like it was legit scary yeah it was like legit paranormal like shit going on yeah and I watched it last year and I was like this makes so much sense the villain is an evil cat lady I'm horrified of cats everything is lining up for me now I see it I I see it clearly (laughs) whereas I love cats and it was like damn I want to be just like her (laughs) I want to be a cat lady too no no but and I think that that's why I like Scooby so much is because he's a dog Next question. <laughs> Next question. No, I I like Scooby, but I think I would have to say Shaggy would be my favorite out of Mystery Inc. Yeah, the out of the Scooby gang, I love Shaggy, and probably I really really like Velma mm-hmm. too, which I I feel like I am a little bit of Velma, mm-hmm. <laughs> so. I, I really enjoyed her, but if we're talking live action, absolutely Shaggy because Matthew Lillard spanks the rest of the cast. They cast that mm-hmm. perfectly, but whoever cast Matthew Lillard deserves a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you know there was a new Scooby movie that came out. I refused to watch it because they did not bring back Matthew Lillard as Shaggy and they did not even give him a call to tell him they were making a new Scooby yeah, movie. Yeah, that was really sad. I refuse. How dare you disrespect Matthew Lillard like that? How, ugh, how dare you? <laughs> ugh, get in the bin. Put yourself in the bin. Throw away the whole person. Mm, mm, don't like. <laughs> No, I think that they cast that movie perfectly, and I mean, Sarah Michelle Gellar as Daphne, wow. Her in general, her in general, which is a good segue into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes, yes, absolutely, yes. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is, I'm going to get up on my little soapbox here, so influential in my life, um, I had mentioned before that my family really got me into horror. My dad's, like, favorite cartoon was Scooby-Doo, but as far as Buffy goes, my brother got me into Buffy. My brother's 11 years older than me, so when that show was going on, he was, like, around the age of Buffy and her friends, so I just, like, was at that point where I idolized my brother and thought that he was like the coolest dude ever so getting to watch that with him and being like yeah I could totally see my brother and his friends doing this it just like made the show even better for me like he would pick me up from daycare sometimes and we would walk home and watch Buffy like it's just something that I absolutely love and 
after I had watched the show with my brother, my mom was like, do you want me to absolutely rock your world? And I was like, I mean, sure, go for it. I'm like six or seven, <laughs> whatever, go off this. She was like, that's actually a movie. It's based on a movie. And I was like, you are a liar. You are lying to me 100%. And then my mom showed me the movie, which I feel like doesn't get enough credit. No, I hadn't heard of this movie until we were, you know, discussing what we were going to speak about on this episode. So I watched it last night and, oh my God, it is, it's not like, the most amazing cinema in the whole entire world but no <laughs> it's it's so fun i was trying to multitask i was trying to do something else while watching it in the background but i found myself just watching it instead because it was just so campy but also cringy because of the time it was made but also yeah. pike <laughs> pike and benny when oh i saw god. the two actors i was like i recognize them straight on imdb oh my god Oh my god! Mm. Yeah, and oh my, it's just it was so fun to watch. And if you love Buffy, as Meg does, I would recommend watching it. As someone who'd never heard of it before or watched it before, I really enjoyed it. I recommend. Yeah, I I definitely like the movie. It does not touch the show for me, but it does have its moments. Like. I reenact um, Paul Rubin's death scene. I think that's his name. Every time I stub my toe, I'm like, oh, eh, oh. <laughs> I, I, when I was watching it, there was this line that was like right at the beginning, and I was like, this is gonna get stuck in my head for a while. I am a person. I have a right to the bull. I don't know why that line stuck with me, but it was just like, <laughs> I am a person. And I have a right to the ball. Good coach. Go on, coach. You go, coach. Woo. <laughs> I like the line in that movie where he's like, I can do anything. And Buffy's like, oh, yeah, clap. And I was like, I remember being young, like, oh, my God. She told him. <laughs> Holy shit. I was yeah. like, damn, Buffy, that's I savage. Do, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Bit ableist, but I, savage. And, <laughs> yeah, a bit ableist <laughs> if we are thinking about it in 2022 but. terms. But I did love the juxtaposition that you have this cute blonde cheerleader taking on like evil gnarly creatures of the night. Like it was, I don't know. I I love it so much, and I I think that Sarah Michelle Geller may have been my queer awakening. Like I think that. Buffy may have been my queer awakening and I don't know if I wanted to kiss Buffy or if I wanted to be Buffy and I still have that inner turmoil like I don't have an answer to yeah that. I I'm with you on that <laughs> like for some reason I find that with a lot of like really strong female characters like I've watched Buffy as well growing up, like the TV show. But alongside it, I watched Charmed because they were play on over here. They were played like back to back with each other. So I'd watch an episode of Buffy, then Charmed, then Buffy, then Charmed, and it was just like I don't know if I want to be these women or if I want to be on these women in a respectful way, in a consensual way, you know. In a consensual yeah. manner. 
Um, <laughs> but like, I really wanted to be Buffy. Like, she was so cool. She had the fashion sense. She had good friends, and like, she was this badass bitch that was like saving the whole entire world. Like, I loved it. But now thinking about it, I definitely feel like I'm more of a Willow. Like, I'm definitely more introverted. I'm a witch. I have red hair now, and I'm queer. So it's just like, well, how the tables have turned. But I, like, vividly remember the Dark Willow storyline. Like, it was the sickest storyline because you saw her just become an absolute savage. Yeah. And that's really stuck with me. I will say I have made Val watch this show with me. Um, We started it during the pandemic like quarantine and we have not finished it because we've gotten to Joyce's death episode and then I know that it just unravels from here and I'm like I don't know if I'm emotionally ready to have all these feelings that I'm about to be having (laughs) no you need to give yourself like five to ten working days to prepare before continuing (laughs) Dude, it's been two years. <laughs> there you go. You saw it. You should be ready by now. <laughs> For some reason, the the scenes that the scene that stuck with me the most, Al Buffy, I don't know why, but I think it was because this was really weird to me, was when Buffy was invisible and she went over to visit Spike. <gasps> And then they try. She tried to do the business with a spike, and people walked in. I don't know why that stuck with me, but I think it's very weird. I don't know why. It just um, it, it doesn't sit right with me for some reason. Rewatching the show, Spike is my favorite. Spike was my brother's favorite when we were watching it, and that whole Buffy Spike love story. I, I I don't even know how to feel about it. We can probably have a whole episode on just yeah. <laughs> just that portion. But yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. The episode that I remember, I so hope that you remember, was I think it's like season four or five. The gentleman is it the guys that float take down the, the street? Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. yes. Oh my god, I, when we watched it with Val, she like looked at me and was like, you were watching this as a kid, and I was like, now do you see why I'm so fucked up now? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was watching when I was like four or five, like, yeah. Yeah, I think that storyline reminds me of Twilight Zone, like, very much so, I don't know why, but I feel like the gentleman would be a part of the Twilight Zone, in a way. No, I could totally see that, I watched a little clip about it last night because I knew that we were going to talk about it and I was reading somewhere that like Joss Whedon had created them hoping that they would be more like fairy tale which they definitely are and I've had nightmares about them I'm not I'm not exaggerating like even when I was a teenager because they are just so creepy because they're almost human but they're mm-hmm. not hum- it, it's just a weird juxtaposition yeah on that one Ooh. <laughs> yeah makes mm. me sick yeah and i hope that this goes without saying that when we're talking about buffy v and i totally know about the absolute horrendous conditions that were on that set um under joss whedon 
but right now we're deciding to separate the art from the artist um, because it was so influential to me. Buffy was a very important character for me growing up and still is. So it's hard for me to separate that, even though I know that he is not the best person. But, And I think that that goes for some other people that I'm sure that we'll get on about in this episode and later episodes. But I just wanted to make that a little disclaimer for our entire pod. Really. Yeah, as much as we are fans of horror, we are aware of allegations, conditions that you know, certain directors, writers, actors in the horror space may have done. And when we talk about them, we're not going to talk about them in any other way than just facts about what we have encountered from their work. We're not going to speak about them as people or anything like that. We are solely talking about what influenced us and what we enjoyed about these certain things. Just because we enjoyed the things doesn't mean we yeah. like the people. Yeah. Perfectly Thank said. Thank you. Sometimes I can articulate my thoughts and feelings. <laughs> Sometimes. I have a hard time doing that. So this podcast is definitely going to push me outside of my um, zone. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, I've already been pushed because you have suggested some me to watch some stuff that I wasn't really into that's not really my jam um, especially for this episode <laughs> yeah but it's it's why we kind of work as a friendship and partnership yeah. is because we may like similar things but there are also things that we may not like so you know There'll be certain films, like, kind of sub-genres of horror that I may enjoy that you may be like, why the fuck are you messed up for liking this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> One of your topics that you sent me that we're going to get into, um, yeah, it, it, it was hard for me. You want to talk about I it? I mean... <laughs> Of course, I will. <laughs> but first, like, I want to say that I watched a lot of TV shows, like, horror-wise growing up. Horror films, not so much. And the glimpses I caught, as I mentioned before, that I saw, that absolutely traumatised me. Um, I will have to say, I refuse to watch them to this day. They are the Final Destination movies. They are my Ooh, yeah. mum's... For some reason, my mum's favourite. My mum doesn't like horror at all. Like, don't... But she likes Final She loves the Final Destination movies. I don't know why. For me, oh my god, they traumatised me as a kid. I couldn't get on lifts. I couldn't get on escalators. I don't go on tanning beds. I, I can't do half the things that they show in there because they're so realistic. Like, my brain... Seeing those things yes. as a kid, I was like, what the fuck, this could actually happen. And I just refuse to watch them to this day because they absolutely left a scar on me mentally. I'm sure that I'm not the only person that does this, but if there is a truck carrying something, especially logs... Other lane, I speed up. I don't care if I'm speeding. You can give me a ticket. I, I ain't final destination in my ass. <laughs> Not on this highway. No, yeah, I don't drive, but if 
my mum <laughs> is driving us on the motorway, which she hardly ever does because she hates motorways. If she's driving on a motorway and I see them, I'm like, Mum, do you want to do do just go into the other lane? Do you want to just go into the other lane? She's like, why? What's the issue? I'm like, of course you don't see an issue with this, you fucking sick mm-hmm. woman. I love you, Mum. <laughs> Please don't take that offensively. But... <laughs> It absolutely traumatised me. Mom. She'll probably listen. I hope. Maybe. Maybe. She may not like some of the words I use. <laughs> I ain't going to apologise for that. I'm I've just got right. a dirty mouth. Dirty mouth, I'd say. But <laughs> that and Sleepy Hollow. Specifically the Headless Horseman oh. part. Where it's like the music. I think the music's really intense. There's thunder and lightning. And he's on his horse. And it just... It... For some reason, that part and oh, when he's like entering the house and they're under the floorboards, terrified me oh, as a kid. I yeah. had to hide behind our like settee sofa for the Americans out there. <laughs> I had to hide behind like our settee, and I I was like I was like I want to continue watching, but I don't at the same time. I've watched it obviously now as a teen and adult. Like, and it doesn't affect me as much. And actually, I rather enjoy it. But as a kid, seeing that uh, scared the living shit out of me. It's so funny that you say that because Sleepy Hollow is one of the movies that I wanted to talk about because that was one of my mom's favorite movies, I'm sure, because I think she really likes Johnny Depp. Who um, doesn't? But I loved that movie as a kid. Like, I remember... I think that movie came out in 99, so I was, like, two. I remember having the DVD and putting it into our desktop computer that sat in our living room and watching it over and over and over again. Like, legit, you can ask my parents. I probably watched that movie a hundred times when I was younger. It was one of my favorites, and I absolutely loved The Headless Horseman. Every time he took somebody's head, Victoria... I would clap. I'd be like, yeah, like I loved it. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what the fuck? And you dude? think I'm <laughs> sick for liking Saw. <laughs> oh my god, babes, babes. Get a you grip. get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit of blood. <laughs> no, there there's a zoo here in my town and they're pretty well known for doing Halloween stuff. And I remember my parents took me and my friend and her parents took her and we were riding a train through the zoo and they had the headless horseman ride along the train and they put silencers on the hooves so you couldn't hear him riding up. And because I had watched Sleepy Hollow so much, I was like, he's here, he's here, I'm so excited. Uh, That is like a core memory for me and my childhood. And my mom's friend, he was riding beside her and she turned around. I'm pretty sure, thinking back on it, they were intoxicated. She was so scared. She almost fell out of the train. But I was just so excited to see the Hellas Horseman in real life because I loved him in Sleepy Hollow. That I love that movie. Yeah, that, that thought, me putting myself in that position at your age seeing that just actually made me feel sick I think I would have thrown Aww. myself off that <laughs> that track like train whatever it was I think I would have actually thrown myself off there just to get away hated it hate that thought ah <laughs> no I 
I think that this movie taught me at a young age that horror can be beautiful. Like, I absolutely love the imagery of Sleepy Hollow. It, I think it definitely influenced my taste nowadays because I love visually beautiful horror, especially gothic mm-hmm. horror. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm glad that we both can relate on that, though. Totally different experiences. Yeah, but, but. <laughs> as I said, watching it now, when I watched it as a teen and an adult, I, you know, I, I do understand why I was scared of it as a kid. But also seeing it now, growing up out of that kid mindset and, you know, what looking at the cinematography and the colour palettes they use throughout the film totally Mm -hmm. gives it this feeling of authentic gothic you know storytelling like crimson peak how that has Uh, you know the certain color color palettes like it's very dark and gloomy and the only thing that's really vibrant and colorful is the blood the red the crimson mm -hmm. like it it really goes to show how when you tell a horror story, especially a gothic horror story, the colour palettes used and the cinematography used really does make a difference on how well it's done. Absolutely. Yes. No, it's, I, I couldn't agree with you more. This is definitely a staple when it comes to Halloween time in my household. I watch it almost every year. And it took me becoming a teenager to like fully understand why his mom was persecuted and I never understood that when I was younger because I'm like she seems cool as hell like why what the hell <laughs> why the lady getting killed yeah why she why she did that <laughs> why she did yeah no I love that such such a good movie it is I can now you know say that if you asked me when I was a toddler I would have gone fuck no go away Oh yeah. Um, sorry. No. How dare you ask me that question? Do you understand how traumatizing that was for me as a child? (laughs) Disgusting behavior. Do Do you remember like the first horror movie that you really got into? I know the first horror franchise I really got into, and it's the one I made you watch. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> I <lost>. will. <laughs> so it wasn't till like my mid-teens, so when I was thirteen or fourteen, that I really started to properly get into the horror genre. Um, I went round one of my ex-friends' houses at the time, and you know we were just sat in her living room, and we were talking, and she was like, "Oh." Saw twos on the TV. Do you want to watch it? I was like, well, I've never seen it before. Go for it. Obviously not... Oh, you started Yeah, I started with Saw 2. I hadn't watched the first Saw at this point. But she just put it on and I was like, oh shit. I just remembered I have not had the best experience with horror movies. And I I didn't know what Saw was. Anything about it or anything like that. So I went in completely blind. And as... I was watching it, I realised there was actually nothing to be scared of for horror movies. Are you kidding me? What? Yeah, I've 
this movie, this these franchises got me on edge. For some reason, it doesn't have me on edge. I think it is because <laughs> the the traps, the saw traps, are so ridiculous and so stupid. Like the whole concept of saw is so stupid and ridiculous. But I enjoy them. I think it's because the actor who plays John Kramer, I love him so much. He does such an excellent job, I feel, playing John Kramer throughout the franchise. And, yeah, that is pretty much why the Saw movies have, in a way, a special place in my heart. And is why I will die on the hill of, like, I love them. No matter how bad they get, like, you know jigsaw or anything like that like spiral this book of saw any spin-offs they can do i will watch them and i will enjoy them because i know how i don't go in watching them thinking they're going to be the most amazing thing in the whole entire world i know how stupid and ridiculous they are but they do have some great character development throughout the franchise and yes they're very good they body gore body horror that sort of thing and not a lot of people enjoy that like I know you don't enjoy that but for me because in comparison to Final Franchise which they are too realistic for me Saw is just like that is so ridiculous that could never happen so I can sit there and thoroughly enjoy them without even you know thinking that a pig mask is going to come running through the door and kidnap me in the middle of the night and, you know, persecute me. It's funny, though, that I feel like we really got introduced to Saw the same way because my middle school best friend was really into Saw and she really liked them and she was like, let's watch them. And I was like, yeah, okay, whatever, I like scary movies, let's do this. And then I just remember feeling sick watching them. Like, you're definitely right i'm not a fan of like body horror torture porn it's a it's a genre that i just don't quite understand the appeal of um but you have to give credit where credit's due like these will these are like so wildly successful the the franchises like jigsaw is a horror icon so you i have to give them credit on that it's just not my jam i i just find that the payoff of the storyline isn't good enough for me to want to sit through watching torture scenes i guess but that's that's completely fine like not everyone loves them people will watch them and rip them to shreds but people who (laughs) do enjoy the saw franchises i think we understand how ridiculous and stupid they are um and you know some of the dumb decisions that people make but then again that's like most horror movies you always get the stupid people that are like oh i wonder what's through this store let me put my hand in this thing you just sit there and you're like why the fuck are you doing this you are ridiculous (laughs) please don't don't do that don't no stop (laughs) but it's funny because I'm really into special effects. Like, I, that is an aspect of horror that I absolutely love. Um, I wanted to be a special effects artist when I was younger. And so I do have to say, like, I enjoy watching that and being like, damn, they made somebody look, like, really fucked up. But it just isn't for me. And when you told me that we were going to be talking about them, I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> 
And I'm sure that we'll do a deep dive on the franchise at some point because that is definitely something that I think both of us want to do is just, like, we'll have a month where we just talk about the yeah, franchise. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be hard for me to sit through them, but I did watch some clips of Saw 2 getting ready to talk about this, and I really definitely remember this one, I think, better than any of the other ones. This is the one where they're in the house, yeah, right? Yeah, even though the first one is very iconic and it, like, sets off, like, it's, the first one is probably the best out of all of the Saw movies, but the second one, I think, with all these people, like, you first meet all these people that are really, really getting put through the ringer by John Kramer um aka the jigsaw killer um and you kind of get a little bit of backstories for the characters and you understand like okay so this is why this person's here this is why this person's here oh shit why did he throw her in a pit of needles oh my god that is terrifying that scene it's probably why I still have a phobia of needles to the to this day, but I will still watch it <laughs> because I I know that 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 scene is iconic, mm-hmm. like it's iconic. It hundred percent is, and I think it's why it doesn't bother me so much. It's because I did watch a lot of behind the scenes um, footage of like the Saw movies, so I understood how they made certain things, like the needles, the needle pit. Like they had to get loads and loads of needles and literally individually take off the real needle like this real like needle part and put a fake one on uh-huh. like there are probably thousands of needles in that pit and they had to individually wow. take off the needle part and put off a fake one like that's dedication to that scene that is yeah i remember that scene but the razor box. Oh my god. That one made me literally ill watching it. And first of all, I'm like, why did she just do that without even reading that note? I don't <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but that made me it was like a guttural feeling. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god when I was watching yeah. it. Yeah. And there are there were people on YouTube because I I watch loads of things like like how to um there's this series on youtube that's how to survive like these horror movies and this guy did saw too and he was like well why didn't you just use one hand to open up the one side of this like the um razors because they overlock so why don't you just open them and then put your hand in like that so you can grab it but also you can see that the the syringe is stuck to the bottom of the box. So either way, if you're trying to pull it out from the top, it's it's just going to pull the liquid out because the bottom part of the syringe is stuck to the bottom of the box. It's done. Analyze yeah, before you actually put your hands in. Absolutely. I mean, that's so smart. But thinking about it honestly, if I saw the first stunt that Jigsaw wanted us to do, I would have been <laughs> just like, you know what, I'll let this gas take me <laughs> I, I ain't messing around. I ain't messing around. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> me too, but... God, we would definitely be dead in a horror movie, Victoria, because we both would be like, I ain't fucking I mean, I would see Billy the Puppet and go, oh my god, he's so cute in his little, little dorky shoes. They're so cute. You'd be pissed. <laughs> I would be dead. <laughs> but 
I for me, Saw is the only like torture, quote unquote torture porn movies that I do enjoy. Um, things like Hostel, I don't enjoy as much. I think that's too far over because some of the things in Hostel is very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, oh my god, it's gone from my brain. Hello, brain, wake <laughs> up. Eli Roth has a way of doing that. He has a way of just absolutely annihilating every good feeling that you have while watching a movie. He just mm. absolutely takes you for a mm -hmm. ride. Um, no, I totally understand. Yeah, I, I can't remember the word, but for me, Hostel is just one of those torture porn movies that are just a bit too much for me and I can't really enjoy them as much so yeah, yeah but Saw it's just so um, stupid so stupid and um, <laughs> Billy the puppet's a gay icon I think <laughs> him and the Babadook him and the Babadook oh my god they would be best buds I think they would solely be best buds <laughs> there was a movie that you wanted me to watch for this 13 Ghosts I yes yeah. and you haven't told me how you feel about it go on why was I so late to this game? Like, I'm upset with myself, dude. I'm so mad that I hadn't seen it up until now. Do you see what I mean? Like, there are people that hate it, but, oh my god. How? I don't know. Uh, it's just, it's just, oh, the concept is so good. The acting is a bit iffy here and there, but it's forgiven because Matthew Lillard. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we talked about him earlier. Um, just cast him in everything. Um, I mean, if if you're going to have a creepy um, movie or anything having to do with horror, just cast Matthew Lillard, and I'm sure it'll be a blockbuster. Like, it'll be a hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I feel like I would have been obsessed with this movie if I saw it when I was a kid, because it's so freaking cool. Right. And... <sighs> It, one thing that does bug me about it is that they don't really go in too in-depth about the 13 ghosts and their backstories. However, apparently, because I've watched like loads of, like I said, I watched loads of videos about behind the scenes. And behind the scenes for um, 13 ghosts, they explain each backstories for the ghosts. And oh my god. You, you would fall in love with it even more if you knew exactly which what the story of each ghost. I know, and I, like I said, I just watched this movie this week, but I have seen for years on social media people petitioning for them to do like a series mm -hmm. for all of them, and I would be 100% down for that. Mm -hmm. It was, I am very surprised on how much I liked it. Being trapped inside of something is like my biggest fear um, it's why I would never do an escape room and this was like an escape room of all escape rooms like it watching this movie I'm not gonna lie to you did trigger my anxiety but I appreciate that in a horror movie like it tapped into something that I am scared of and like I've watched a lot of horror so it's saying something, if I was actually, like, uncomfortable watching it, because I was like, how are they going to get out? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'd be wigging out, mm -hmm. my dude. And especially considering it was a glass house. That, <gasps> oh, 
god. That must have been, would have been so much worse. Like, going back, I love escape rooms. Like, I, I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm not gonna, you know, big myself up, but I'm gonna big myself up. I think I'm pretty good at escape rooms. I, I enjoy them thoroughly. So this, I was like, I could get out of that. I could solve <laughs> Absolutely not. I would not get out of that house. I would be Matthew Lillard's character, dead. <laughs> um, oh my god. They, they snapped his back like a damn glow stick. Yeah. I was like, he ain't, he ain't bou- bouncing no. back from and that And they one. even mm-hmm. made him no, have a premonition of his death. And it still happened. Oh, my dude. I will say, it was very... I, I enjoyed that they took that wall down to, like, protect them. I was like, that's a smart move. Yeah. But the entire time, I was like, that's Monk. Do you know what the show Monk is? No. It's the dad... Um, Okay, let me look it up really quick. Um, yeah, he has, like, OCD, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's a detective, and he has OCD. That show is insane. It's from the early 2000s, so the entire time I was like, Monk's gonna figure this shit out. Like, it did it, kind of take me out of the movie, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad. I was, I was hoping that you would, um, because, you know, me and Alice, my other best friend, um, we love 13 Ghosts. Like, absolutely love it. And not Rightly yeah, and so. not a lot of people have seen it. And some people that have don't really enjoy it. But you know, fake fans. I'm joking. I'm joking. Everyone has a right to how they feel about certain things. But I just think the concept is amazing. Some of the acting is amazing. The special effects on the ghosts are amazing. Oh yeah, it's just so cool. And it was actually a remake of. Um, another film from I think the 70s or 60s I think under the same name 13 ghosts and the reason why they have to wear the glasses to see the ghosts is an homage to when the original film came out and the director made people wear the original like um, 3D glasses you know the red and blue ones so one yeah. side, you know, was the blue side and you can see like the actors, but the red side you could see the ghosts. So to wear yeah, the so cool. you had to wear the glasses in order to see the humans and the ghosts. So that's why they make the the characters in the reboot, the new the this one wear those glasses. Val watched this movie with me because she has a friend who said that that movie absolutely traumatized her. When she was younger, because of the jackal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, absolutely, absolutely not. Nope. She, when she was calling them up, I was like, oh my god. Yeah. It, this is intense. Absolutely, absolutely brutal. But it's just so, I just think it's so underrated and more people should watch it and realise that actually this is a really fucking cool concept for a horror movie and should be loved a lot more. Yeah. It is. Um, there is one movie that I really want to talk about. Go on, go on. And it's a, it, it is the movie, like I said, I've been in horror for a long time, but it is the movie that, that traumatized me, that scared me, and made me want to sleep with the lights on. 
And um, shout out to my brother once again for introducing this to me. It's Salem's Lot. Um, wow. My brother would babysit me, and he would let me watch whatever with him, and that may not have been the best idea. <laughs> Especially not with Salem's Lot. And I'm talking about the 2004 miniseries, not talking about the original. But it fucked me up for a while when I was younger. Um, I was like seven when this came out. Do you have any idea what Salem's Lot's about? Please? So I know that Salem Lot is like vampires. I've, mm-hmm. I, I'm ashamed to admit this. I've never watched it. But <gasps> not even the no. But this is the thing because I didn't watch a lot of horror movies growing up. Now that I'm actually into them, I feel like I'm having to make up for a lot of lost time in a way. Salem's Lot. Salem's Lot. It's one of Stephen King's early stories. It is about a big time writer going back to his hometown, which is a small town. And he's going back to write a story about, like, the haunted house on the hill. I'm not going to ruin everything for you because I do want you to watch it. And um, a antique stealer moves in around the same time that Ben moves in, which is the main character. And um, he brings a mysterious crate with him. And then things just unravel from there. So it's basically vampires taking over a small town. Um, so would you say kind of like Midnight Mass in a way? It, okay. Yes. When I watched Midnight Mass, I was like, Salem's Lot? <laughs> question mark, question mark, question just mark. Just a like, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it definitely had Salem's Lot vibes okay. to it. But watching the 2004 one... I rewatched it, and it's not it's not the best. Like, it's definitely a 2004 miniseries. So would you say watch the it, original, have, or would you say the miniseries? The miniseries is what fucked me up as a kid because of that vampire school bus scene that I had mm. said to you. It was about this... I was about the age of those children when I watched it, and I had just started riding the school bus. So watching that absolutely scared the piss out of me. I couldn't sleep without a light on, without a TV. And my parents got so pissed off at my brother. They were like, what the fuck? I mean, we had, we watched The Grudge. We watched The Ring. Like, we watched a bunch of stuff. But that one, that one messed me up. And, you know, as I got older, I learned... Obviously, these things aren't real, and so I watched the 79 version, Mm -hmm. and the 2004 Barlow, which is the main vampire, he isn't visually scary, but the idea of him is absolutely horrifying, Mm -hmm. and the 79 version of Barlow visually matched the terror that I felt when I was little. And reading it, like, I I will admit, I'm fully obsessed with Salem's Lot. Like, it has absolutely everything that you need to have a scary story. It has a haunted house on a hill and something that makes you not want to leave your house at night. And 
it has just turned into something that is so important to me and that I love wholeheartedly. I have a fucking Barlow tattoo. It it definitely got me into the spookier side of horror. So thank you, Josh, if you're listening to this for um introducing it to me, but also scaring the fuck out of me. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, see things that scared me the most was the things my mum showed me. <laughs> and yours was your oh, brother. Shout out, shout out to our yeah, families. Yeah, shout out to our families yeah, for really families. messing me up. <laughs> yeah, I... Salem's Lot got me into Stephen King. Like, that's something that I have a big passion for now. Val collects Stephen King books. Like, literally, every time we go to a garage sale, even if she has the book, she's like, I'm getting it. I love his stories, and I'm, I can't wait to get into his work mm. more throughout this podcast, because, I mean, I could go on yeah. forever. It, Stephen King's one of my favorites. Yeah, well, your Stephen King is my R.L. Stein. Like, he, his books and the TV show for Goosebumps, um, and obviously the new adaptation of Fear Street, he was the catalyst i think pretty much for my love of horror tv shows um like goosebumps was such a big part of my childhood um the they didn't really scare me apart from the puppet uh the ventriloquist dummy um but that's because story story time um my brother used to hide around a corner in our house with the book with the friend Trilocris dummy on it wearing ghost face mask and he would jump out at me and shove the book in my face and scream um so did I wasn't I wasn't scared of ghost face mask it was the 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 dummy the friend Trilocris dummy which weird weird turn of events has then turned into me um, having an irrational fear of waxwork figures, um, not one. So, matter two saws I can do because I recognise the faces. But if I don't, if I can't recognise the face on the waxwork figure, I will refuse to go anywhere near it. I will literally start having a panic attack. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me how. It just it's oh, wow. that bad. Yeah, like growing up my family and I used to go to a lot of museums and obviously in some museums they have waxwork figures depicting a scene I would refuse to go in the room I would literally have to get I would have to close my eyes and get my parents to guide me out of the room so I was not anywhere near it it was it's that bad and to this day I still refuse to go anywhere near waxwork figures so we have a um shared experience our older brothers both traumatized us glad that we can share this yeah definitely (laughs) (laughs) but no yeah you're stephen king it's my rl stein so we we're hoping at some point we can do an episode where meg does a whole like episode or two on stephen king and i will do a whole episode or two on rl stein because in my eyes, they are probably the two biggest horror writers of our generation that influence mm-hmm. us the most. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. Um, 
Yeah, love Stephen King, and I, I think both of us really love campy horror. Yeah. Is that, is that I, safe I definitely think it's safe to say because I just love campy things in general. Like, we can yeah. all agree musical is campy, and oh my god, I love musicals. I have such a love for them, like Rocky Horror Picture Show, um, Little Shop of Horrors, Wicked, like, you know, the greats, the goods, the fantastics. I just love musicals. They've got a special place in my heart. So camp all the way, darling. Yeah, I love anything camp. Um, like, it's Evil Dead. Evil Dead. Oh where yes. Me and V are obsessed with Evil Dead. We love Bruce Campbell. That's honestly, I think, one of the like first horror movies that we really bonded oh, yeah. over because we were like, oh my fucking god, I love these. Yeah. I think um, it's also Bruce Campbell in general. Like, we just love him so much. And I, to this day, I still cannot ever bring up to you that you've actually met him. <sighs> it was very briefly. It was like at a, like a horror convention that I, I went to care. recently. It breaks my heart. <laughs> I, went, I like walked up to him and I was like, it is such an honor to meet you, sir. He was like, thank you. That's groovy stand here and look awesome with me and I was like yes sir yes sir yes sir, yes, sir. but the, the, the girl in front of me um that when she got down on her knees and was holding his upper thigh and I I was like wow um he really I mean he really do be having a clutch on them little bitties I mean he's a fine oh, looking gentleman yeah. he's a tall drink of oh, water yeah. oh yeah <laughs> I mean even now like he was beautiful in the OG Evil Dead but even now like in meeting him in person he's sexy <laughs> <laughs> honestly, no, he told honestly, me. I, I, je- I'm jealous. Obviously, because he, he's one of those actors that just seems so down to earth and not up himself. Like he respects the fans, and he just seems like a big teddy bear that you just want to hug. I'm excited to do a deep dive on the Evil Dead oh, series yeah. because God, we will not shut the hell up. No, I that. mean. It's going to be like a 24-hour <laughs> Oh, yeah, 24-hour <laughs> live stream on it because, you know, on I've got a couple of films on, like, a little list of my all-time favourite horror movies and Army of Darkness, Ooh, me, Army of me. Darkness is on there. I think that oh is my, my favourite Evil Dead movie because it's just so ridiculous and so campy. Absolutely. I just... Uh, I, I, I love the Evil Dead franchise, but oh my god, Army of Darkness. I think that was actually the first Evil Dead movie I watched. I I like to watch films wow. out of order. Don't ask me why. Okay. <laughs> but Army of Darkness, oh my god. <laughs> it's just... I, I re-watched Army of Darkness a couple weeks ago when I was working on an Evil Dead um, decor item that I've been planning, but my dad, it, he came into the room because my dad lives with me and he was like, yeah, I've seen all these in theater. And I'm like, can you just not rub it in? Like, please. Like, him and my brother, they, obviously this was before my brother's time, but like, they went and saw so many horror movies together and like, every time we watched them, he's like, yeah, I saw that one in theater when it came out. I was like, wow, just 
shit on my grave, why don't you? Like, you're the coolest person that's ever lived, James. Come on. See, I wish I had that, but everyone in my family apart from me does not like horror movies. So, single tear roll down. Oh, my yeah. Wow. So, it's probably why I've attached to you so much because I can talk about all kinds of horror with you. <laughs> Absolutely. One of my, it's my favorite film of all time, Scream. Mm. I love Scream so much, and I was so excited because I got to take my dad with me to watch the new Scream, and he had taken my brother to watch the Scream movies in theater. And so it was just kind of like a, oh, this is really, like, kind of touching. Like, this is awesome. And I'm excited because that just means, no, that there's going to be more screen movies that I get to watch with my dad. And that makes me Hell yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) I mean... I I love the screen movie so much that I've even got a ghost face tattoo. So wait, what? How did I not know that, dude? Yeah. Oh my god! I wanna I wanna screen tattoo, but I don't like. Like I said, it's my favorite movie of all time. So I I want to get something that I guess is a little bit outside the mm. box. I just love ghost um, face. So I'm still thinking about it. I just. I love that Ghostface changes. Yeah, obviously we'll do a deep dive. (laughs) We keep saying this, but like, obviously we're going to do a deep dive because we have so many thoughts and feelings about all different kinds of like horror movies and franchises. But Ghostface, obviously we've got the Scream movies, but we've also got the Scream TV show, which kind of altered... Mm -hmm the backstory and kind of changed the mask but get, had yes. the same vibe of Ghostface. I agree. The Scream television show is honestly underrated. Um, I could, again, this could be a 24-hour podcast <laughs> on the Scream franchise. I'm excited to do our deep dives but, you know, this is just a little taste of what's to come for our listeners because we just wanted to kind of show you guys what, I guess, let you guys listen I shouldn't say show let you guys listen to like what we're all about I feel like we kind of have everything across the board because I'm a sucker for classics like I know you know that I love American Werewolf in London and Frankenstein and I love everything in between so I'm excited to do this podcast because it's just going to kind of I feel like further our horror journeys together because we always have recommendations for each other and I would love for our listener base to get in on that. Like, I would love this to be an open communication between us and the listeners. Like, me and V are not film critics. We are not going to review films. Like, we might every now yeah. and then, but we're, we're talking about things that we love. Yeah, it's like, it, for me, it's all a matter of opinion. Like, we can mm-hmm. disagree on things, but we can be respectful about it. Like... I I'm like like I love Saw and you don't and that's okay like I'm not gonna you know scream and shout like why you should enjoy it and like it because that's that's not how the world should work we should all be able to like yeah. different things and not like the same thing as other people we we should have difference of opinions because that's where conversations can be had and 
absolutely we can evolve from it yeah. and like explain to person like okay i understand why you don't like this let me explain why i actually do like this yeah and i think i think that it's interesting also because we come from such different backgrounds like i grew up liking this and you didn't so that's how you disconnect and we have a huge cultural um separation between us as to what is popular here might not be popular over there and I appreciate that within our friendship that we can value each other's different uh, difference of opinions and who knows Saw might be one of my favorites it most like, definitely won't be but it is it was a nice gesture <laughs> but as you were saying like different of difference of culture for me I have watched a lot more I feel like British homebred horror movies and also international mm-hmm. ho- horror movies um so one of the films I've got on my list of all-time favorite horror movies is a film is a British film called Black Sheep now I would l- mate I would love for you to watch it but basically okay. A sort of premise is zombie sheep. That's all I'm going to say. It's absolutely ridiculous. Okay. And it's got a lot of British humour. But it is one of my all-time favourite movies. It's just stuck with me for such a long time. One of my all-time favourite movies is, I guess, British. And that's Shaun of the Dead. Simon Pegg is the GOAT! Hell yeah! He... (laughs) I made a mood board for our podcast, and there is a shot of him when he's, like, going over the list that they have made, that he has that coffee mug, and he's, like, giving that cheeky little smile and winking. Mm -hmm. Shaun of the Dead is another one that my brother and I watched a lot, and, yeah... You guys, you guys know how to make a good movie. That's for sure. I mean, Simon Pegg is just such <laughs> a British icon, and obviously the Cornetto trilogy is so iconic. So you've got Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. Like they're all in a way in the horror genre, but. You know, Hot Fuzz is like a body, buddy cop movie, and you know, yeah. the World's End is more of an extraterrestrial alien movie, and obviously, Shaun of the Dead is a zombie movie. But him and Nick Frost together are, yeah, hats off to them. They are what I aspire to have my friendships be in 10, 15 years. They just work so well together. <laughs> That's going to be yeah, us. Yeah, it is going to be yeah. us. Like, Sam Pegnick Frost, you're our friendship goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this is just going to be kind of like a conversational podcast about different franchises, and we'll do deep dives, and... I think our next episode, we're going to be going over our favorite trope. I'm not going to say what it is. So if you if you have an idea of what you think it might be, you can shout us out on um, Twitter. We're at Horror Hunts Pod. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram at Horror Hunts Podcast. And just get this conversation going. If you have literally any topic or a movie or a 
horror icon that you want us to talk about, treat us. Like, we want to talk to you guys. Like, this is not just a podcast for us, me and V. It's a podcast for the horror community. And I would love to do trivia and play games and stuff with our listeners. So in the future, once we get this ball rolling, maybe you guys can join us for a little a little cheeky chat um, to talk about maybe your favorite horror movie. I mean, what do you think? I mean, think I think cool? that would be amazing, but it doesn't have to just be horror movies or TV. It can be books, no. it can be um, creepy pastas, it can be video games, it could even be like, you know, um, musical scores in horror movies, like anything that has horror elements or horror genre a part of it, we're going to discuss, we want suggestions, we want ideas, we want to just have a fancy fun time with you guys. <laughs> yeah, because that's what B&I's friendship has really blossomed over, is just our love for these and we just want to create a community with our listeners where we can do that with you guys as well. So I'm excited for this journey and I am so stoked for honestly everything that we're going to learn and all of the shit that we're going to watch because God, like you said, there's a lot. We have we have some catch-up to be mm. doing um, and I'm excited for Me it. Me too. I am... Um buzzing and yeah oh my god <laughs> i hope people enjoy it as much as we enjoy creating this because who would have thought an american and a brit making a podcast that sounds like a start of a bad joke honestly <laughs> uh, it, it does, honestly i hope we aren't a joke i mean if you like this podcast feel free to share it with your friends and the horror community um, and before we go, I want to give a huge shout out to my friend Angelique, um, who created our cover art. Shout out Angelique. Um, I don't know what last name you want me to use in this, so <laughs> yeah, shout out Angelique. Um, and big shouts to my friend Sean Allen, who created our intro and outro music. I met him at my Halloween party last year. He was dressed as a vampire. I have never met him before in my life, and I told him oh yeah, I'm making a horror podcast because we watched a horror movie. He was like, I do music. And I was like, dude, I was completely annihilated and inebriated when we were talking. I was like, yeah, dude, totally. Give me your number. I'll hit you up. And it was like months later and I hadn't hit him up. And I was like, finally, are you ready? <laughs> so shout out to Sean. He's given me um, a suggestion for a topic to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited for that. I'm just excited and I wish I could give you a big old fat hug right now because I'm I'm so Oh my god, in these COVID times as well. So cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um join us next week and um if you wanna give a thought about this or maybe try and figure out what we're going to be talking about next week just give us a shout definitely and i promise i will bite my tongue maybe promises are not meant to yeah, be kept I, was about to... I guess go on to our twitter and fight me i mean just just try you could you just could for, just you could fight me on whether or not cereal is soup Oh my god, you are crazy. Well, it's been good chatting with you, V. Um, we're going to try and drop these episodes every Wednesday, so 
check back every Wednesday um, wherever you listen to podcasts and maybe we'll have something up hopefully we definitely will have something hell up. yeah